Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan, and I'm your host for the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Steve Lebo, a retired industrial technology educator and coach who inspired students and athletes for 40 years with his passion and enthusiasm. Coach Lebo, welcome to episode 13 of the American Grown Podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Austin. It's a pleasure. And again, it's my, my privilege to be here. Your kind words by saying inspired students and athletes. Um, at that time, I was very fortunate. Inspiration, it didn't uh, hit home until, until most recently when you brought that to my attention. So uh, I thank you very much for having me here. Yeah, I'm so glad. Like I said, when you reached out through social media, through Facebook, we're Facebook friends. I was almost blown away, and uh, I'm so glad you're here. So to give the listeners a little background, uh, I've known Coach Lebo since about 2007. Um, he was our ninth grade head football coach. Uh, that year, we went undefeated, 7-0. and Well, technically, it was 9-0 and because we did win two scrimmages. Mm-hmm. Uh, also... Coach, I always remember, I always remember at practice you saying, "Take a big boy pill and rub some dirt on it." You know, kids were just tougher back then, and, and uh, we sure. appreciated you for it. So, I see you also remember the time I wanted you to wrestle. Yes. You know, Austin. <laughs> hell, I wanted everybody to wrestle. You know, I felt that uh, our um, our relationship as a team and a coach started back in July. We were in the weight room and we did all our, our uh, calisthenics and did all that outside work. And then we got into the season with equipment, August, September, October, finished up in November, and then where to go. And that's why I wanted kids to, uh, to compete, still be involved with uh, athletics at high school. You know, 20 years from now, when you say, well, what did you do at your reunion? Kids that did things will be at the bar, you know, sharing thoughts and having a good time. Yeah. Guys that didn't do anything are going to be sitting at the table with their wives wishing <laughs> they were at the bar. Wishing they did. And <laughs> yeah. you, you, can't, you can't go back. No, you, you can't. You can't go back, no, which is, is something. So, yeah, I, I, I do. I remember you wanted me to come out to wrestle. And, you know, looking back... Uh, Maybe I should have gave it a shot. You know, I, I didn't do it because I had football and track. Sure. But uh, Well, yeah. you never know. Uh, kids, kids who are active continue to be active, and I think that's all a part of the, the high school uh, programs that, uh, you know, they're involved with this, they're involved with that. And after one sport, typically they want to they try to do other things and, and be with their friends and all. But, but it's more to it than, than just that. Uh, I want to go lift weights. Well, you know how that goes, and then most of the time they're they're not, and they're chasing uh, people in the hallway after school, waiting for their activity bus. So been there, done that. So I encouraged all the kids to get involved with with uh, other activities. Uh, for myself, um, I pushed a lot of kids, but then again, I wanted kids to be kids. Yeah. So I wanted them yeah. to be diverse. That also puts them in a different uh, pool of friends. And, and that's the high school experience. You, you read my mind, uh, you know, being a part of a team, whether football, wrestling, or whatever sure. it may be, baseball, basketball, um, you did. You got closer with your teammates. And, you know, some may say a, a brotherhood, you know, um, especially if you played middle school all the way up through, and then you carry that on. You know, those are your friends sure. kind of for life. Sure. You're an athlete. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're an athlete. A- exactly. So now, Coach, let's, for the listeners, let's take it back to your early childhood. What was life like? And, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Tell you us know, a I had bit. To, I had to dust off some, some books on the shelf to find some of those things. But uh, there were a lot of influences. What was your childhood like? I grew up in Steelton. Okay. And, uh, you know, south southeast uh, Harrisburg. Uh, and uh, Steelton is known f- uh, for its, its athletes, athletics, uh, football basketball. Um, I don't know so much about baseball. Uh, there weren't, uh, we didn't have the diversity as we have now in athletics. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I look back at that Austin and I felt, well, what influenced me? And, you know, as I, I went out to play as a young kid, most of the time there were pickup games. We, there were pickup games all over with different athletes, different age groups. It was just something that I was able to do and, and, and reflect back on that. So you played with tough kids, mm-hmm. whether they were older than you or you were older than them. But most of the time it was football and uh, basketball. Heck, I couldn't dribble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> coach put me in on those uh, elementary games just to foul guys. There you go. And then uh, baseball was predominantly the suburbs. Uh, Steelton was a small uh, knit community. The old uh, saying of seven churches, seven bars. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what Steelton was like. <laughs> but baseball was in the suburbs. Uh, Enhot, Oberlin, and Bressler, they were a part of uh, another school district. But I was able to play baseball there. So uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, in the early 60s, uh, we started to get boundaries changes, uh, gerrymandering. Okay. So where I was growing up in Steelton, I would catch... Uh, uh, I found myself uh, being uh, relocated into the Central Dolphin School District. Oh. And I caught the bus uh, maybe 100 yards from the front door of Steel High. Yeah. But then we ended up going out to Colonial Park, and uh, I competed at uh, CD East. Okay. Uh, a, the Great League, uh, Central Penn League. So I was very fortunate. But, you know, I had to leave my friends, and uh, I caught a lot of guff for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, growing up, um, I was influenced by my father. My father was a career Air Force. Okay. He was a career Air Force, and uh, he was a Normandy vet. So he did wow. 35 and 5. My mom was a stay-at-home. Both of them were athletes. So uh, my father being away, uh, pretty much, uh, but be able to be home for a lot of my, my events and activities, mom would take me out and throw balls and punt and wow. we had a, we had a blast yeah so that uh, that is a part of what i remember uh though there's more but uh i i think we can yeah skip over a lot of that so it seems like you know with your parents is almost sports was second nature to you yeah and they really influence you a lot with yeah. that and i think you hit on something coach and i want to kind of go back to what you just said about mm-hmm. um you know when you were growing up back then you could always find a kids playing basketball in the corner or a football game going on. Sure. Why do you think nowadays you don't really see kids going out and playing sports like like that anymore? Uh, Trends. Uh, Trends come and go. Uh, Some of the trends are generational. Some of them are influenced by their parents and what they did. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know my, my mom, believe it or not, boy, she could punt a football. Yeah. And uh, my dad would come home from the from work still in his uh, uh, Air Force outfit, his, his guard stuff. And uh, he had his clod hoppers on, see me out there at the uh, playing with the Steelton Raiders and midgets. And he'd set up a ball and kick field goals and extra oh, points. Wow. You know, he also played for um, uh, in his growing up days for uh, New Cumberland High School. And he also played for the uh, uh, the uh, the Bears. Um, 
uh, one of the local teams, the, the Capitol Bears uh, on City Island. Okay. And they would change yeah. into their outfits from the trunk of their 51 really? Chevy, Chevy, Chevy Coupe. Yeah. You know, so, you know, money-wise, wow. he just, uh, I, they didn't pay for insurance, so he was on his own with that. Right. Uh, but that was uh, a big influence uh, to me, my, my parents. Yeah. Remembering back to those high school years and, and like you said, we can start talking about college and also, but was there any coaches or teachers that you remember, even as you were coaching, that helped, you know, inspire you, mentor you? For me... As I was playing sports, whether it was football or track, you know, a lot of our, a lot of my teammates looked up to you. You know, we wanted to win because uh, you're so kind. No, I'm serious, coach. Uh, but thank you. We wanted to win because of, of you, and and it was assistant coach Peebles and like Rita. Said, coach Rita. Yeah. You know, it was a great group, you guys, and I think we wanted to win for you. And you made practice fun. Same thing with track uh, with Rob Bear. You know, he's got mm-hmm. a good winning streak. People want to, you know, they want to win for him. They want to play for him. Yes. Yeah. I um, I didn't have my parents were my influences. Uh, coaches, you know, I can still look at uh, the pictures and, and get an idea from the captions of who they were. As an influence, that didn't that didn't come into effect until I was in high school. Okay. That I had uh, my head football coaches, wrestling coaches. And uh, my baseball coaches, you know, again, you, you made a, a, a nice kind uh, comment about you wanted to win for them. And that that, in essence, when you have a good team, that is a reflection of the coaching and the people who are on the field with you or on the mat with you. So uh, my my football coach, Neil Hickoff, he was one of uh, one of my influences back in the day when I was on uh, play ball for the uh, the Central Penn League. Uh, with CD East, and, okay. and boy, I'll tell you, that was a, a heck of a league with all big city schools, uh, Williamsport, Reading, York. Some hard-hitting uh, kids and uh, fast kids, bro. They were, they were a part of that. But we competed, be it, and, and the successes that we had were because of the team that I played with. It wasn't just one person. Everybody, everybody chipped off on everybody mm-hmm. else, and we were, we were pretty successful yeah. back in the day. Neil Hickoff was my... Uh, my head football coach, uh, Jim Rudder, was my wrestling coach, and Bud Gruber was my baseball coach. Uh, those those gentlemen were very important to me. Okay. But then, you know, when you when you graduate, you kind of leave those memories behind and yep. open up a, another chapter in, in your athletic book. Coach, that's a perfect segue into uh, your college life because oh, you, you went to college, and I'm pretty sure you played football at least, but I could be wrong. Sully, that... Uh, those were the memorable days. I had, uh, and, and uh, thanks for that question, yeah. a college, graduating in 72. Okay. Graduating in 72, NOM was starting to wind down. And a lot of guys were coming back using their GI Bill. Mm-hmm. Some guys who didn't go to a four-year college were waiting for that moment of, of uh, maturity. So now I, at 17, being 18 in September, ready to move on, uh, was playing or was playing with uh, guys in their uh, early 20s mm-hmm. who had been vets and uh, they were bigger, stronger, more mature. Um, I started late in recruiting and uh, the recruiting part of that was um, I don't know who was going to help me out. Where do I go? Who do I sign? Right. Guidance people. This wasn't a big thing back in the day. Okay. One of my neighbors, uh, Mike Stubler. Mike Stubler played center for University of Maryland. He lived on the other side of the block. So I went and saw Mike, and he referenced, uh, he mentioned two gentlemen who 
were coaches who knew me as they coached at Cedar Cliff, Bob Craig, okay. and Mickey Minnick, who was at uh, John Harris and Harrisburg High. So I went and visited. I set up appointments. Uh, Mr. Craig from Cedar Cliff had coached both wrestling and football, very successful. And then he brought up this junior college. What is a junior college? Well, he yeah. gave me a little explanation of that, and then I moved on. Then I'd gone to uh, made arrangements to see uh, Coach Minnick, uh, Mickey Minnick from Harrisburg, who before it was Harrisburg, it was John Harris. I um, spoke with him and he said, Steve, a junior college would be your best bet. Well, here we go again. So they gave me a few. Uh, Wesley was one of them, Wesley Junior College in Dover, Delaware. I had visited with my parents, didn't know shucks from Shiola, right. and uh, visited on the most uh, rainy day in Dover history. So we went down and, and stopped, wound the window down. I said to a guy who was on a corner, is this Wesley? He said, no, it's the Capitol. So then we drove, he said, drive down here another block or two. I said, is this Wesley? No, it's an elementary school. So where the heck is this Wesley? Right. Wesley was on one square block. It had four dormitories and there were 600 kids on campus full time. What a place, beautiful, a best place I could have gone. And... Um, it was in the uh, Mid-Atlantic Junior College Coastal Conference. So we went from Nassau uh, Coliseum, Nassau Junior College, mm -hmm. to uh, Shawan, uh, Lees McRae, uh, that was in Banner Elk, uh, North Carolina. We, Baltimore Community College. Uh, I played against a dear friend of mine who I'd gone to Millersville with, Bud Getz, who uh, Bud uh, went to... Um, uh, a school in, in Maryland. So I was, uh, I, I, I had a great experience. The story goes that I went as a linebacker. Okay. I was a linebacker in high school. I enjoyed that. So when I went down there, the linebackers, when, the first day when I got our equipment and we went down and met at the field, they started to separate everybody. Okay. Offense over here, defense over here. Yeah. Yeah. And defense were the tough guys. They were the right. vets. They were the big guys, yeah. and uh, they they were uh, just raw meat. Yeah. They wanted raw meat tough, for dinner. Real tough. tough, yeah. And uh, offense, you know, and I, I, I say this, uh, one of my, it's not a chance until you take it. And this is one of those experiences that I shared with kids. Yeah, don't be afraid to take a chance. Mm -hmm. Well, I went over there with the offense. I thought, well, what the heck? Why well, I always wanted to run the ball. I did that and yeah. pick up games and all those things with my buddies. And um, I was able to then select the, the next subdivision. I wasn't big enough for a lineman. Heck, they were, they were 6'3s and 260s. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't fast enough for the receiver part. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, didn't want to try quarterback, so I started to think about running, ball, running the ball. So I went over here. And then Lebo Luck kicked in. Yes, Lebo Luck. Okay. Lebo Luck kicked in, and uh, the guy who started – Got injured. Oh, oh you know, Johnny on the spot. Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Let the next guy in. This is college. Okay. And then uh, the next guy was an All-American from New York. He was a high school All-American. He was a sophomore. And this is only a two-year school. Mm -hmm. So um, while we were playing the next couple days, he didn't show up. And we found out that uh, he left school. Didn't want didn't to play football anymore. So there's some luck coming into play here. So next guy up. And uh, being a, a linebacker running the ball, I didn't have finesse and didn't have the moves. Yeah. So it was uh, it running downhill. Running downhill. It was a split back veer. And um, I had my opportunity. So I, I two years of running the ball at, uh, at Wesley Junior College was, uh, 
right down my alley. So I, I felt good with what I did and my, the choices I made. And then um, I had the blessed uh, opportunity after my two years to transfer to Millersville. I got a phone call from um, uh, the coach. It said, uh, uh, Dr. Gene Carpenter, uh, a, a um, uh, Sports Hall of Fame uh, alumnus okay. and a Cornwall graduate and head coach at oh. uh, Millersville got in touch with me and said, Stephen, we want you to come to Millersville. So I came to Millersville yeah. and I, I played there. So um, that, uh, that was my college uh, preparation for the, the real deal, which is coming to Cedar Crest and coaching. So coach, while at college, just kind of throw you a curveball. What do you think, you know, cause a lot of people younger, you know, high school students, right. Getting ready for college two year, four year, what is maybe one takeaway from college that you're not going to learn by going to classes there? Like, what do you think is maybe some key things that you can learn while there that they're not going to teach you? Being, being at Wesley, Wesley being a junior college and you took your basic 100 and 200 level courses, mm-hmm. they had a no cut clause. Two cuts, you dropped the class. And uh, being on time was very essential because that was documented also. You know, the old adage, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, don't bother. Well, you know, eight o'clock classes, you had to get your uh, keister out of the the rack and you had to hustle over, rain or shine, you had to get there. They They were very strict and scrutinized all of your documentations and your pay. We didn't have calculators and we didn't have, well, we had calculators, but no computers. Yeah. And we had uh, whiteout that we used for a lot of our typing. And we always found somebody that was a good typer mm-hmm. to type your paper. So they were, they were molding the young mind to prepare for, if anything, the real world yes. or the advancement into a four-year institution. So it was a good place to be. I recall when they dropped when my dad and mom dropped me off. Mm-hmm. I had my big duffel bag, and they made a comment at the bottom: "Don't bring dress stuff because you ain't going to need it." You ain't going to need it. <laughs> okay. And yeah. Then when they yeah. Uh, when they uh, <laughs> shook my hand and kissed my mom, yeah, and they left, I'm thinking, "Where are you? Where are you going?" Right. <laughs> right. That's when it gets real. You and know. Then, that, uh, yeah. That's back. That's back in the day, and uh, that's yeah. when it was going to be real. You met your roommate. My roommate, uh, Tony Castagna, um, you could hear him sniffling at night. It was his first time away from home, and, and it, right. we had many conversations. So I could, I could feel their pain, and, and this is a growing part of me also as to being a good listener and, and, a, and, a, and a humble person, and I felt that, that that allowed me to grow as well. You know, it is kind of a, maybe a tough moment for some people because you've always sure. had your, your family, your family around you, support you, and it's your first time on your own. But then more importantly, like you said, being on time. And I, I appreciate you showing up early. You know, you were early here for the episode today to the recording. And uh, I've had some people I've reached out to and I got excited, got everything prepped and ready. And they don't show up. They didn't bother to call or email, oh, no. which is sad. You know, yeah. yeah sure. And it's their loss, but we move on, you know. Sure. So now what made you decide to become a teacher and then to also maybe even become a coach, you know, what really motivated you? Wow. Um, it was important for me to be successful. I was the only child in our family, and that included my, my cousins, and uh, to go to college. What is post-college? Well, you got to get a job. Yeah. And there is life after football. I had, um, I recall uh, this, this also 
goes into Coach Carpenter. I was on the five-year plan. When I transferred from Wesley, I lost some credits because they uh, I, I dropped a class or two, and it um, opened up uh, uh, my portfolio from 64 hours that would be a package to go to the next institution mm-hmm. to now dropping a class. It was pick and choose. They could they could really uh, take okay. away these these credits. So I had to go to a, a summer school, but I graduated in uh, the summer of '77. So now, while I was uh, taking classes at Millersville, uh, Dr. Carpenter, I recall, he had driven by, he was on campus, he drove by me walking to the library. There was nobody, nobody in, in the world walking about at this time of the day. Yeah. Except me. Okay. And he drove by, and do you think he would smile and wave at me? No. And I'm, you know, hey, hey, coach, here. Hey, yeah. Lebo, Lebo. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so then uh, it would happen to be I, I got my degree. I stayed on campus for another uh, week or two. And my, my father called. And he said that uh, Coach Carpenter called. He wants you to give him a call. But he didn't know how to get a hold of me. So he called Steelton by way of Millersville <laughs> to get a hold of wow. me. And... Uh, he had said something to my father about um, uh, a job. Okay. Well, hey, here yeah. we go. Here, right. we, here we go. Here yeah. we go. Lebo luck. Lebo luck. I like it. Being at the right place at the right time That's and huge. having having the grades and opportunity and being prepared for the opportunity. Yes. So yes. what what transpired, Austin, was that I gave him a call. He said, Stephen, there's a place in Lebanon, Cedarcrest. Cedarcrest. Uh, they're looking for a uh, a uh, woodshop teacher and an assistant football coach. Well, <laughs> and then in, in, in his final uh, uh, comment was, don't let me down. Yeah, well, that's perfect. <laughs> so I went, no pressure. I went and got the interview. And this was at the end of the summer. People were really getting assigned to their classrooms. And here I am uh, coming into the picture. And I got the interview. And at the same time getting the interview, I was in the office. And uh, one of my... Uh, dearest friends who got in, uh, inducted on the class of 17, Dennis Tooley. Okay. And, and Dennis said, do you have anything, uh, to, to coach in? Well, this is lunchtime, but we're going on a field in about an hour. Said, uh, yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> okay. But I know there was a JC Penney's over there at the plaza. Yeah, I know where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I had my mom's credit card. Okay. So I went and got some tube socks and some shorts and yes. t-shirt pack of <laughs> Hanes shirts. And, and I yeah. went on the field and got introduced as, uh, as the assistant uh, coach. Yeah. There was only four of us, uh, Dennis Tooley, Barry Heckert oh, Barry, yeah. and uh, Tom Allman, who was a phys ed teacher. And, and uh, they were looking for another one. Okay. So, um, hey. That worked out. That worked out. And I think what you mentioned, being prepared and when, you know, whether it's luck or opportunity, it's that you've put the time in, you know, sure. for that opportunity. And then when it hits, it's your moment to seize that opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, if... If mom's credit card or, you know, dad's <laughs> yeah. cash had to help you out to get the uniform, you know, to get on the field, sure. that's all part of it. You know, I, I was I was very blessed. Uh, when I say luck, Austin, mm-hmm. um, luck is when you believe in the Easter Bunny. Okay. Well, he showed up. And then Santa Claus coming down the chimney, he was right there in the chimney. Yeah. He was right there in the fireplace. <laughs> and I was able to, you know, d- d- don't rock the boat. Be humble. Mm-hmm. Take the opportunity 
And then we'll worry about, you know, paying the bills and all that later. And I remember uh, the, 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 the amount that I'd gotten uh, as a starting teacher. I then went down after one of our football games on a Friday and traveled down to uh, Millersville to my old fraternity. And they had okay. a party going on. So I walked in and, hey, hey, good, hey, how you doing? How's everything going? And I ran into one of our wide receivers that was there. And he was, uh, I said, how you doing? Where are you, where are you at? Oh, I'm at a ski resort teaching skiing, making this amount of money. I said, damn, that's, a, that's more than I'm making. And yeah. I'm a school teacher. Well, after a while, they let him go because there was no more snow. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and here comes me. I'm yeah. still, I still got a job. And I'm very fortunate that I hung in there and allowed, allowed the chips to fall where they may in that position. Mm-hmm. Am I lucky? You bet. Yeah. Am I fortunate? You bet. And something just happened to shake loose and uh, give me the opportunity. I don't know how many other... Uh, uh, people that they were looking at and interviewed, they liked what they saw. And, yeah. uh, 40, you know, 40 years after right. that, I was uh, very fortunate. So yes, I, um, I was prepared opportunities. I took yeah. advantage. Since we're on the topic of coaching, what did you find to be most rewarding during your coaching career, whether it was through football or, or wrestling? I know you, you were heavily into wrestling as well. I had great interaction with the kids. Mm-hmm. The kids were the main part of who I was and allowed me to influence them, uh, whether it be with wrestling, uh, making lineups, having this person, this, this athlete go up and wrestle this tough guy or come down and, and, and make weight and wrestle this kid. Um, there was a purpose behind that. Uh, the old square peg in the square hole. You didn't want to find a square peg in a round hole. You had to know your team. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if all I yeah. had were linemen on my team, well, I sure as heck couldn't run wide outs and sprint, you know, all this other stuff. So I had to know the team and what their capabilities were. You had to take chances. And, and I was able to, you know, look at the kid, the athlete, and say, are we able to do this? And I had to go in and call a timeout, mm-hmm. walk in the huddle, and, and, and say to the kids, let's be honest. Are we able to do this? Some of the kids honestly said no. And then there were some that said yes. And then there was one incident where they, they, they said, yes, we can do this. We had our backs to the wall down at Hemfield. We were down by just a, a less than a score. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we were on the five-yard line. We had 95 yards to go. And it was third and long. And, and, and uh, Evan Ditzler, yep. I, I, I don't know for whatever reason, they they were going to come. They were coming down. Hemfield was going to was going to run the stunts and the blitzes. He got the snap, threw it to, to Chris Coleman. Chris Coleman, yep. And he went ninety five yards for a touchdown I on a quick that. on a quick slant. Now that you say it, yeah. <laughs> we, oh, those were the days. That was so much that, fun. You know, come on, give me oh, something tough to do. There you go. So if it worked, hey, we were we were happy we're as golden. We you bet. If yeah. we didn't, uh, you know, it was a long ride home. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was able to. You know, my, one of my mentors, and, and I know we'll get into that in a mm-hmm. moment here, but one of my mentors was uh, Frankie Hetrick. Okay, yes. And Het uh, had a comment, it don't pay to be ugly. You know, they're kids. Mm-hmm. And if somebody does something wrong, especially at that junior high level, yeah. and they come off the field after something had happened, they got a flag, and it was not something that they did uh, purposefully, but it was something that happened, and uh, we got a flag, so he comes out. You don't yell at the kid. He knows he did something wrong. 
Yeah. There are people who will grab face mask and look me in the eye and all that stuff. Well, that sure as heck doesn't make the kid feel good. You look like a stooge to the parents. Right. And he will always remember you just for that. Not the incident that occurred, but he will rem- you will have that child go back into the huddle and not think of what's the next play. He's always going to have this ugly on his mind. So don't, yeah. you know, it don't... Uh, you know, don't be ugly. Mm-hmm. And, and I recall that was uh, Frank's, uh, Frank's uh, uh, line to the kids. My, my ability to get the kids when we were on the bus. Okay. Yeah. That was another one. My goal was to get them on the bus, have the balls, shut the door, and let's go raise heck somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And um, the first thing I did, well, do we have a team? And then do we have a, do we have a punter? Do we have uh, do we have wideouts? Do yep. we have a guard, center, tackle, and everybody? We raise your hand. Well, we're ready to go. Yeah. All right, bus driver, let's go <laughs> find somewhere to play. Mm-hmm. And and that, and that's inspired the kids as well. They found, if we didn't have a guard, someone had to play guard from the tackle position. And numbers didn't matter in junior high. I would tell the official once we got there that we don't have enough shirts, and this is the the case. So. We were able to work as a team fundamentally. We were able to solve our own problems as a team. Yeah. And also academics were very important. So I had to keep the kids uh, on task mm-hmm. uh, every, every week. So uh, my ability to influence the kids in a positive way uh, and, and see that they came out uh, the, the next year. Yeah. Uh, that was important. Oh, and, and for sure. I think, uh, like I said earlier, my fellow teammates, I mean, we, we loved playing 40 it just the one-liners you had and and the motivation that you put out you could tell you really cared and like you oh, said thank you and like like het said um you weren't ugly and i think that's a great life lesson for you know i'm going to be a future parent here shortly and yeah, uh yeah. you know it's not so much the yelling and getting uh, excited in their face but you know learning from it and say hey let's go get them on the next player sure you know let's let's do this instead of doing it like that i think is huge so this is kind of a loaded question coach but i wanted to ask you what was your favorite sport to coach? Oh, that's tough. I um, You can be honest with me because I know you're a big wrestler, but you're big football. I found myself closer to the kids in wrestling than I was in football. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe um, it's more one-on-one interaction? Yeah, one-on-one interaction. You had to... You know, it's feeding time at feeding time in the, at the at the farm. You called all the animals in, and that was the football program. Right. You had to get all them in. You had to, you know, um, lines line eleven guys up for uh, five point seven seconds. Yeah. You know, you pushed a happy button, the play went <laughs> off, and you had to do it again, and uh, you had twenty four seconds to do that. Wrestling, uh, we were in a small room. And we wrestled upstairs uh, in the pool gallery. We had, uh, there was just something about, there's one that's no more important in my life than the other. It's how you coached and how you influenced. You had to make sure that we all had uh, progress reports. We, we did that in both sports. We had, uh, uh, there was no weight checks for football but we had weight checks and bmis uh, Mm -hmm. body mass index for wrestling you had to make weight we had to make weight you had to make sure that you were down according to the piaa weight structure loss so that kids wouldn't go into the uh, a shower uh sweat box with plastic on and lose a lot of water weight because there was health issues yeah so we had that football was 11 weeks wrestling was 13 weeks 
And if you were successful at the end of the season, then you went into postseason. Then you okay. went into the sectional tournament, district round, or if you're fortunate, you wrestled in a state tournament. So uh, um, one, football, it was hot, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. it rained, and there were times we stood out in the rain oh, yeah. and, and played in the mud and all that. Yes. The uh, wrestling, it was snow. It was cold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we would get on buses at uh, Red Eye Specials at 530 and drive up to Newport okay. and, and, and wrestle in tournaments. So each one had its highs and lows. The highs, if you win, riding on the bus home was fun. Oh, yeah. And if you lose, riding on the bus it's not it's, fun. It's a quiet it, ride. It's a quiet ride. Yeah. And the kids knew that. And, and uh, that, uh, that to me is what I would say would be the, uh, they were both a grind. <laughs> Here we go. Each had their highs and lows. And I, I stated that uh, the bus rides were, were, um, were things that uh, stuck out most to me. You know, you could be riding on a stiff, rigid suspension of, a, of, the, of the yellow cheese box, smell right. of diesel, you know, for, yeah. for your ride. And there were a lot of times we got out of the Lancaster Lebanon League and went over to Burks. Okay. Or we went up yes. north and, and wrestled uh, other. We wanted to compete against good teams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we yeah. had to prepare. We had to prepare for them. So now, Coach, what would you say you're most passionate about um, whether it's was the, you know coaching or now that you're you're out of coaching and, and retired what <laughs> what's your passion in life what do you think it's having I this was another one I thought pretty much about to have a worth what is my worth now that I'm that I've completed what the Lord put me on this earth to do and and be blessed and thankful for that now you know, I, I, I met us and I said, who the hell's going to remind, who remember me? Well, after I retire, it'll just be the 10th, 11th, 12th graders. The next year, it'll be the 11th and 12th grade. The next year will be the seniors only. And then after that, it's like, who the hell's Lebo? Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. it, I find myself just being a part of something, my, my importance, my viability, having importance in life. When you first retire, it's, you know, am I prepared for retirement? Yeah. To not be a part of a, of a team and having the effectiveness of a head coach or influencing a position or, or some of those kids, that is hard yeah. to walk away. Oh, I can and, imagine. And, and that allows me then to find other niches. Uh, uh, Sully, the uh, being with the wrestling program, the, uh, you know, do, 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 testing, testing, yep. uh, being oh, yeah. on the mic and doing the, uh, the scoring. Uh, I'm very blessed to have had um, an, an opportunity to get into the, uh, the league tournament and uh, do the uh, scoring for the uh, sectional tournament, PIWA sectional, okay. and also the district. So I'm engaged with wrestling at that capacity. Plus, over at Falconland, I'm, I'm up in the, uh, the bird's nest at the, at the, uh, the press box yeah. and still doing that. Are and you? Oh, good. I yeah. do that uh, for the uh, freshmen okay. and the, uh, the freshman games and the, uh, the, the, the littler kids. Yeah. Monday afternoons, 4 o'clock start, get out of there, go feed the dog. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and also yeah. I work with uh, Coach Lambros with, oh, uh, yeah. with track. Okay. So I, I still keep my my hand in things that mm-hmm. allows me to be 
an, an influence with young athletes. I've been always surrounded with athletes, and I don't want to don't want to lose that. Yeah. Oh, and I, ever since I've known you, coach, you've always been passionate, no matter what you put your mind to. And I, you know, someone would always remember too being a thrower in track. You know, mm-hmm. you were there. You were with you were the measuring guy with the tape, and you know, just like you said earlier, <laughs> can you give me it one time? Let's hear it. Mark, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Sully in the hole, or whatever. Yeah, Sully would... in the hole. You got it on deck oh, and in the hole. And uh, and uh, Lambros. Yeah. Uh, Nick was my wingman. Okay. And he has been with me for many years. Now this is my forty uh, third, forty fourth year in in track, and mm-hmm. I had some breaks in in uh, tra- uh, football uh, wrestling. Uh, watching my my son graduated, then I took a break to watch my daughter swim. Okay, and then uh, I got back into it because uh, I was asked by uh, uh, a head coach. And then the same thing with uh, uh, with football. I don't want to be nailed down to anything. Friday, I like to sit back down and watch. You know, the people yell at them, right? <laughs> yell yeah. at those coaches, <laughs> not me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I um, my viability. Uh, I still have uh, the the passion, but. You know, Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, uh, I don't think I mm-hmm. need that. Friday nights, if we could just go and play the game, right? then it would yeah. be a, little, a lot more <laughs> we, fun. Well, you did your time, you know, dealing with the coaches and the, the refs and, and the fans. You know, I'm sure throughout your, your coaching career, you had a lot of parents yeah. say, why are you it's doing changed. this? changed. Yeah. You know, the goal is, in this, it's a game. And the goal is to get the ball in the end zone. And then when we get into common sense, you know, Three and a half, three and a half yards per down will move the ball. Right. Run the clock, and you can you can diverse your your calls. You know, Norby dance. Norby is again one of my one of my influences, one okay. of my mentors. Yeah. And Norb would tee him up. He would go straight tee, too tight, straight tee, and make the defense choose where they want to put their strength. Okay. And then it was always a, a call on the field where we would go away from their strength. And you do the same thing on the goal line when you're going for extra points. I like the ball on the hash because then they had to protect the wide side of the field. And don't forget the screen. We will always yes. throw the screen. Those kind of things. Keep it simple. And that was the fun of, of creativity with the kids. Can we do it and still be a part of the Falcon package, the playbook? Yeah. I don't want to deviate from that because I got called in many times and it, please shut the door on your way in, oh, coach. Oh, no. One <laughs> of those talks. But we won. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we won. Yes. Perfect, Coach. I want to go back uh, to the question I had earlier. So now, you know, coaching career is is, is is over. You're retired. So what what do you do day in and day out? What's the average day look like now that you're retired? Mm-hmm. Um, I always yeah. remember, and maybe you'll say this, but uh, one of your sayings, I think you used to say you have your – you do your push-ups – in the shower with your Oreos and orange oh, juice yeah. or something. Yeah, I always get up. You know, I multitask. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, wrestling, yeah, wrestling, you wanted to get your system puckered. So you drank a, a warm glass of water. You had a, might as well drink some orange juice while you're up there and have a couple of Oreo cookies. Right. You know, I, I, I say that to the kids to get them jacked a little bit. You know, you could be, you could be firm and stern, but you also want to have fun. And uh, what I do now, I try to put my eight hours. I still have a purpose. So I put my eight hours in. Whenever I get up, I'm on the clock. So then if it's a front end, if I start at six, I want to get out of there. I want to stop whatever I do by, let's say, three or four o'clock. Right. If, you know, I'm feeding a dog and 
you know, she don't want, she don't want to go out for, I get her to a walk. Yeah. But if I can't start my day to about nine, then five o'clock. And I'm talking about when do I turn the TV on? I always use a radio. Okay. And, and most of it is just focused, purpose, purposefully uh, oriented and structured so that I don't uh, just waste the day, pee the day away. Right. And right. then my lady friend always texts me and says, "Hey, did you do any word searches?" Okay, <laughs> for my head. Yeah, you know, yeah. She's, so I, I don't gotta lose stay it. mentally sharp. You and got uh, to. my what yeah. my, my my fish oil pills, they're, <laughs> they're pretty good too. So, so any any golf coach? You do any? No, golf? I hate no. golf. Okay, I hate golf. I just had to ask because a lot of people when they retire, you know, they oh I'm gonna go golfing, and they might not, they might not have ever golfed in their life, yeah. but they retire, they uh, think they're I golfers. Hate golf. I right. hate even when I, you know, we were in a coffee room. There's many times at Cedar World. That uh, Gunther and oh, uh, yeah, Gunther and was, uh, yeah. Freddie Shirk and Chick and uh, a lot of the a lot of the supposed good golfers. Mm-hmm. That's all they talked about. Yeah, you know, putting new grips on their clubs. Oh, you know, scrape. You know, cleaning out the face of their club and right. all that stuff. And hell, I, I, you know, when I'm out there, I only golf in tournaments, like once a year. And uh, I hope in tournaments that when we do a scramble, that one or two of my balls can be played throughout uh, somehow. Then if I'm not doing well, I, I say to myself, like, what in the hell am I doing here? I could be painting. <laughs> right. Yeah, a little more productive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then trying to find this little ball. It's in the woods. Right. It yeah. don't make sense. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, I, I, I love my friends, but I hated when they talked about it. And that's all yeah. they talked about is, uh, boy, I... I shot a, a 81. Yeah. Well, that's on the front nine for Big Steve here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, I just, I just had to ask because I know no, that's a big thing. I for... walk. Right now, okay. right yeah. now on my health kick is I, my sweat. I have to sweat. Okay. So I, I, I have a two mile, two mile walk and 50 sit-ups. So I try to do that. Oh, wow. And nice, uh, at least three or four times a week. You know, maybe two thought, to three times a week. I thought you looking good. You know, you're looking sharp over <laughs> no, there. Seriously. It's, it's a bigger waste. Yeah. <laughs> it's waistbands. But I enjoy the opportunity and the willingness that I have, that I've been blessed to get out there. And my lady friend does the running, the yoga, pyrometrics. She does all that. Uh, I'm the guy, when she runs a race, is at the at the uh, finish line with a cigar. There you go. Right. <laughs> cheering, cheering her on. Yeah, yeah. But I, I still do my, my, uh, my, my workouts, my walks, and that's enough. Yes. And um, I enjoy uh, what I do, uh, the, whatever I can do, I try to do mostly uh, on my own because there's no one, you know, come on, honey, let's go. Right. Now you're on your own. You're on your own, yeah. yeah. So now you're retired and... I saw on the form you, you filled out to be on the podcast. Sure. Um, can you tell me about the uh, the recent in- induction you had oh. into the Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame? I mean, I think that's a pretty big honor. How about that? Yeah. Congrats. Am I, Seriously. Am I fortunate? Again, um, most of it, Sully, was probably time. It wasn't championships. Okay. It wasn't uh, that I was able to... Uh, carry the water for a lot of these athletes it was just something that i put 40 years in 37 in football i did uh, over 30 years in, in wrestling and then my ability to um have a, a past which was probably more productive than than my you know what i'd done in high school but i did 40 years of being involved mm-hmm. and uh, they recognized that i was in with a a good uh, inductee class in, in, in 2017, uh, Mike Capriotti from uh, Anvil Cleona, 
uh, Bohannon from oh, Elko, yeah, Elko. Yep. and uh, Dennis Tooley. He came in. He was uh, uh, with uh, Lebanon as an administrator, but he also coached football at Cedarcrest, and then he went to Penn Manor, and then he was in, uh, in the Berks County League okay. uh, there, and I think it was with Wilson. So he, he was uh, also a part of that, uh, that, that group. Um, Terry Lehman was also a part of that group. And then I believe there was a, a young man from the Hershey Bears also. So um, I got a call from uh, uh, one of the uh, chapter uh, heads and uh, Don Scott. Don Scott gave me a call any one evening, and uh, I want to be the first to congratulate you, Steve. And it was like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. And he, he uh, threw it out there, and I was so, wow. After the phone call, I was on there, dial 1-800, call my daughter, call my son. Right. Call, call everybody. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know who all to thank. So that night for my induction, I just did that. I went from from who I was uh, affiliated with from my high school to my college, uh, Frank and Dale, uh, my mentors, uh, Norby Dans, yeah. uh, Jerry Ebersole. Jerry was my wrestling coach. He was, he was uh, Cedar Crest's first coach, wrestling coach. So after time, and then I had gotten to Cedar Crest, he had come to ask me, Steve, would you be interested in coaching wrestling? So, well, Jerry, I, I've never coached wrestling. I've wrestled in high school. I, uh, I was a, a guinea pig at college. They wanted me to work out with these, these guys, and I, they just threw me around. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe call me next year. That was after my first football season in 77. One year after that, to the day, he knocked on the door and said, what do you think, Steve? Would you be interested? Mm -hmm. I said, well, I've not coached wrestling. And he made a comment. If you're a coach, you should be able to coach a crab that likes sand and an Eskimo to like ice. There you go. So, hey, all right, where do I sign? Yeah. And then now I'm a assistant football coach, assistant wrestling coach, and I just let time go. Yeah. And I was able to, and, and which was very important, I was able to meet kids. Mm -hmm. I was able to sell the program to the, in the wood shop. I was able to sell the kids in football to come out for wrestling yeah stay busy stay active so uh that and time went by i uh, i very uh, very fortunate to be uh make an impact there at cedar crest congrats for those honorees because seriously that that's awesome definitely well deserved but COVID, and i know it, it was back in 2020 and some people say why do you bring it up on the podcast and i like to hear how other people have dealt with it and dealt with the issues and and how they you know if they're still dealing with it um because it did impact Everyone, you know, sure. across the world. And a lot of businesses went out. A lot of restaurants closed up. How did COVID affect your life? When I look back on it now, it, it, to me, it seemed more as a political issue. Politics, religion, my job, you know, you mm -hmm. always want to put it on the shelf and move away from that. Right. I, I'd gotten the first uh, shot and son of a gun. I was at a wrestling tournament for my, my grandson, of all things, uh, my grandson wrestles. Uh, my son is his coach for mm -hmm. York Central. So I was at a tournament, and then one of those things, the backache, the sniffles, losing taste, headache. Yeah. Got the old got the old test, and it came back positive. Well, then that shut the world down. It shut me down. And my what I 
what I felt I was able to do, I couldn't do because they're talking quarantines, shut the door, you walk outside. It was like an old scary movie. No one right. was out in the neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. So I was uh, kind of watching TV a lot and just kind of pissed yeah. and yeah. frustrated. And then I had to postpone my second shot. And um, once it came back negative, I was able to get my shot and then I got my booster and, and life goes on. So I've got a, I've got a, a ditty bag of all these damn masks. I don't know what I want to do with them. And I'm afraid to, to dump them. And I go to places now where masks are optional. But I keep one in the car just in case someone wants to uh, throw, a, throw a ringer out there. Right. Uh, but uh, no, life goes on. You know, I'm sure I have the, uh, uh, not only the vaccinations, I have the boosters, but I also have that uh, the immune system yep. uh, kicking oh, in. That's so huge. I feel good with that. Good, good. No, and like I said, you, you look great. And uh, no, thank you. Yeah, COVID definitely affected everyone differently. So um, the one thing, Coach, you filled out on your form, which I really liked it. You said you wanted to talk about how do you use common sense to your advantage. And I feel like <laughs> the world nowadays, you know, is lacking some some common yeah. sense and some street smarts, you know. I'm not as bold and brash as I have been in the past where, you know, I, I listen to um, in the evening. I'm very powered down and uh, enjoying my, my time with uh, uh, the dog, the ice cream and watching my conservative talk shows. Yeah. And uh, they seem to on occasion show... Uh, a clip of parents fighting at elementary games or at summer league play playgrounds because of bad calls and umpires. And, and I, it's only a game. And remember we had said earlier about taking a hold of the guy's face mask and getting in his, you know, right. getting in his grill. And, you know, I, I, common sense, simply says there are ways to get in the end zone. There are ways to teach a dog to sit. There are ways to get a point across. And I, I choose to the path of least resistance, A to B. Right. And, and, and that's how we got into the end zone. That's how I affected the influence of the kids. I am blessed when I go over to my favorite store, Walmart, mm -hmm. and, and go up and down the aisles and I see kids who say hello to me. And they'll say, do you re remember me? And, you know, I go through the alphabet, A, B, C, D. <laughs> right. And I, you know, and they say, coach or, you know, Mr. Lebo, you were my shop teacher. Well, then I, now I know that that's a segment of time that's way back there. Yeah. And how I had influenced them. What is, well, what are you doing now? I'm a cabinet maker. That to me is, yeah. is, is, is important. Working, working out strengths of your team, common sense. Yet again, the square peg in a round hole. Right. If I have all linemen out there, well, then we're going to run the ball. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Give it to Sully. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to throw it because I'm not going to catch it. You know, it's just yeah. Yeah. And uh, what are my kids able to do? You know, Benny Coleman never kicked a deep kickoff. Right. We always squibbed it. Yep. And I'd learned that real quick that yeah. you don't kick it deep to a, a fast runner, or because our slow guys who I want to get in a game just aren't getting down there fast enough. So by the time that ball bounces, you know where it's going to go. 
we're going to get you. And those things, punting the ball, is never afraid to punt the ball. Pin them in the end zone, pin them deep, and let them go field. Yeah. And have faith in my my defense. And boy, that fired up our defense when that when the opposing team had ninety some yards to go. So, those those are the things that uh, I look back on. Do the things that uh, the opponents are too dumb that you think you're too dumb to do, and do it. Okay. And do it again. Yeah. And when they think you're not going to do it again, you do it again. Do it a third. Just Triple keep, up. keep yeah. on doing it. Yeah. And then uh, wrestling. You you put your lineup out there, but then you don't know. You don't send out on the mat until they send their guy out first. So okay. you have an idea who you're going to be competing against. I mean, there's just things that common make sense. common sense. Yeah. And you take a lot of notes. I'm structured to write things down. I learn from a lot of other coaches. I write some of their moves down that they they do I, and some of their pass plays and some of their blocking schemes yeah so common sense simply says you can be an effective coach if you are a good listener and a good uh, overseer of programs and when you win life yeah. is good life is very good life is yeah good. coming into the last couple of questions here sure I'm going to ask you because I want to, I want to see what you have to say. And you know, this episode might get out and there's some old sure. coaches might want to connect. You know, is it Facebook? How, how would you like them to reach out to you? Well, that's a tough one. I don't know if anybody really wants to know what I do with myself. The only Facebook I am on is for my high school. I had my 50th high school anniversary coming up. And um, I don't know. There's not a have a lot of us left over, but there's going to be a few there that they had... Uh, saw some of the um uh some of the items on uh on facebook i do that primarily i don't do it my my daughter does that Mm -hmm. my my daughter-in-law does that and they post a lot of things and i just go for the ride and i ask them at times um what do you think about this i have my for my college buddies um both at wesley and also with millersville Mm -hmm. um family members uh, that, uh, you know, I, for my cousins, uh, uh, they, uh, they post some things and I have a couple friends that are on different parts of the, the country, uh, yeah. that are from college. So those, those are important to me. I don't go on there and just like this, don't like this. And, you know, yeah, just uh, follow every, I don't, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry. I don't have time there. for that. Yeah. I gotta, I put my, sometimes I can't find, I can't find out why that one thing beeped right <laughs> and uh is yeah that, am i supposed to listen to that or do recall you know do something react to it my journey is just that i'm busy i work within a circle a radius of maybe five miles i'm always at walmart picking up things home depot i'm picking up things i work at the church uh okay. the serbian church on wideman street mm-hmm. I, I uh, work there, uh, vice president and, uh, of grounds of the church. I enjoy that. I enjoy the busyness. When I'm busy, I'm happy. There you go. When I don't, when I don't have something to do, uh, something's wrong. Yeah. But uh, to, to be uh, connecting with my journey, you know, I'm out there. Uh, yeah. When you see me, wave. There you go. When you say hello, make sure you tell me Year of graduation, <laughs> graduation. Yep. You know, when you multiply that times how many kids you had, times how many oh, sections you had, lot. and it's yeah. a lot of people. You've impacted a lot of people's lives. Sully, I very much enjoy, have enjoyed what I've done, mm-hmm. and um, I, uh, I will always give a, a hand up and a, and a leg up to people, and uh, I'll always smile and and make sure that uh, um, I, I say hello to you. And thank you very much. I remember one more, one more story. This, okay, this, yeah, this, this is uh, pretty slick. Norby Dans. When Norb Nubs and uh, 
Frank and Dale. Yeah. We would go scouting. This is back in the day when we didn't have that uh, that uh, uh, influence of the technology where you would log in and you're able to pick up the film that's out there. I'm not sure what the term is for that. Yeah. But we had to go scout. We had to go write X's and O's. And Mm -hmm. I remember Frank, Frank was responsible for, I don't know what Dale, I don't know what he was (laughs) responsible with, but then we would go to, we'd go to McCaskey and this is where Norb's old stomping ground was. Okay. Um, he coached at at Catholic. Then he went to, um, uh, Cedar Crest. Then he went to McCaskey. Then he came back to Cedar Crest. They loved him down there. So when we would, we would pull into the campus of a McCaskey football game, they played at 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So that people could go to other games in Lancaster County. So we would park and they would see Norb would drive. Norb would drive. And uh, it would be Frank Dale, sometimes Stevie Miller. Norb would be the driver, and then we'd pull into the campus, and all of a sudden the cops would know Norb, and they they had a place already held for him. Oh, nice! Oh, God. They, they, and then we'd yeah. walk, and and it, and where's Norb? Oh, he's the back there, you know, talking, talking, talking to people. And then we'd we'd show a pass to get in, a coaching pass, and they would let us in, and Norb would get to the ticket gate. All these parents and ticket takers and program sellers and the concession stand they loved him yeah and and he said to frank and dale and i go ahead i'll, I'll be right there uh-huh. well hell he never showed up to about halftime <laughs> i was gonna say yeah <laughs> and, he never made and, it. and i felt that that is the most awesome exchange of friendship that a person could have with a coach and mm-hmm. parent and just the bond that he had with his fellow colleagues and just people. And I remember, don't ever say when a kid comes up to you, a student or athlete comes up to you and says, coach, I got a problem. Don't ever say, oh, shake it off. It's nothing. He had said that in, in response to that, that uh, statement, if it's a problem to a kid, it's a problem. When you want to know about problems, go to McCaskey and you will see problems. So that to me hit home very hard that when a child or a student has an issue, you listen. Mm-hmm. And that to me was so important that people loved Norby dance. And I wanted that type of, uh, relationship, relationship, you know, connection. When yeah. I, when I, when I go to Cedar yeah. Crest, I, I don't want them throwing things at me <laughs> or booing you, you know, get them out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah yeah. 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 That, that to me was very special. Yeah. And, um, I, when we went to other places, we go to Hempfield and they had day games. And this is, this is back when we were still scouting and Norb would, he'd, we'd been in the end zone and they're running their plays and the game didn't start yet. And off and then Hempfield is at one end and their opponent was at the other end. And yeah. Norb would just get underneath the old, uh, the fence that was there and okay. he'd walk over to the coach and who we were going to play yeah. and, and start shooting a bull with him underneath nice. their goalpost. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I wouldn't dare do that, but Norb had that charisma. Maybe that Moxie. He, Would you say Moxie? yeah, Moxie. They Moxie. Were, those two things were that big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's ballsy, right? <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. that to me was yeah. uh, very important uh, that, uh, 
I could emulate some of the things that those people did, but they were never the same. They were Norb was Norb and yeah. Frank was Frank and Dale, God rest him, he was Dale was yep. Dale. Yeah, they were unique, you know, they, and they had their own characteristics about them. Absolutely. Yeah. Before we close out, is there anything else, you know, you'd like the listeners to know? I've been very fortunate. I've been always, I looked upon why me? And it's just taking a chance on an opportunity. When I, when I went to college in, at Wesley, and I could have gone over here with the meat eaters, so I went over here with the, the daisies and went on the offensive side. When, uh, you know, Carpenter said, don't let me down for a job, I took it 40 years later. Um, I had those opportunities to, to succeed in. How do you measure success? Everybody's different. And my success could be measured in, in just moments of time. And uh, some of them were just being at the right place at the right time. I've had many mentors. Uh, I've had uh, the great fortune to be uh, surrounded by good people. The good people, the, the, the more good things you do, mm-hmm. the more good people you'll be it, surrounded it, it by. It attracts them. You bet. Yeah. And I just felt that uh, this is my calling. And when I was asked to do something for the school or for a program, I did it. And it wasn't hard to do. It was just something to do. So I felt very fortunate. I also want to take an opportunity to thank you. You have given me this feeling of, of worth that, uh, you know, right now, I got some dirt on my pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm out there, and uh, I took a big boy pill. And, uh, you know, I remember one, one more that uh, sometimes you got to pet the horse, and there's sometimes you got to kick the horse. Yeah, yeah. If you want him to pull the plow, then after that you got to shoot it. Right. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's time. It's, yeah. it's time. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, coach, let me ask you because I had I was wondering how did you first hear about the American Grown podcast that we're on right now? How did you hear about what I was doing, Sully? Because you reached out to me. Did I? Yeah. Somebody see this yeah. might be those. You know, you get this phone call. And on the, uh, the readout, where you get the digital readout of who it is, nine out of ten times, it ain't that. Mm-hmm. It's probably someone, someone selling me candy. Right. Or, right. Or Vacuums my, or something. Yeah, or want my electric bill to go down. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, uh, so I think it was... It must have been something with uh, Rob Bears, because his episode came out, and then you, you reached out to me, which I, I, I was so happy. Something yeah. to the effect of... I liked Rob. Rob is a mentor of mine. I relish the fact that this guy is another one like Frankie Hetrick. It don't pay to be ugly. Yeah. He, he's always positive. Well, loves the kids. Yes. And, and he, he, gets that, he gets that dog to hunt. He does, yeah. He gets <laughs> motivated just like you did. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It could have been something to be friended. I don't know. And there, I don't do that because someone, someone scammed me or and, you know, took my... Uh, information on Facebook and mm-hmm. and um, it was spammed or whatever the term is that uh, they use for you know corrupting my my account. So I had to reset all my my values. Right. So I'm glad it happened. I'm 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 again pleased to say that I'm honored mm-hmm. to see kids who I have had this re- relationship with athletes. Personally on the field, whether it be you taking pictures and and uh, me yelling at you, and, right? You know, get off the mat, get off the field, watch yeah. that javelin, Sully. You know, yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> that yeah. to me, and now you're going to be a father. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Exa- exactly. 
Yeah. What a journey. Mm-hmm. Now, my journey is, I don't want to say it's concluding, but you know, that light at the end of the tunnel yeah. might be a train coming. <laughs> well, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Of the- <laughs> Yours, take a lot of notes, document, because this time goes so fast. And I look back and say, holy heck, where'd it go? Time does fly. This gray hair was once black. Of course, at least you have hair, though. Look at me. I'm <laughs> going to go gray in the beard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, hey, uh, these two. Yes, I was just going to ask what you brought today. Yes. Can you give us a little bit, because I'll put pictures up. Yeah. This um, this one. Lebo Luck. Lebo Luck. Someone had, uh, I don't know how they, this was for the um, Lebanon Daily News, and uh it could have been from Pat Higgins. It could have been yes. from uh, Jeff Falk. Falk. It could have been. Uh, uh, there was another gentleman. He went to the Lancaster Intel. All of a sudden, you know, we're we're four and zero. I have a good team, and uh, it looked like we were able to continue. We went eleven and six as a dual meet team. Okay. And I don't think we've ever been. Now I could be wrong, and I'm sure that uh, I don't like going out there and throwing incorrect statistics. Right. But I think I'm pretty freaking close. Yeah. That we were uh, a, a good team and we could put that up on the board. With that said, this um, there's a lot of reasons behind that. And it's just having kids come back a second year. I, I like to say to the kids, you know, you're not bad. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say kids, you're great. Yeah. Great kind of puts a cap on, on the ability. You feel like you made it. I want to say you're good. You mm-hmm. have the potential to be great, but you're, you're just good. And uh, you it got humbles a, you. You got a lot of work to go through yet, and and your your chapter. We're not done with your chapter book. So I I felt with this um, in our interview, someone came to me and said, "Do you mind if we interview you?" And I threw out there how lucky I am. And luck is also fortune. You know, I'm very fortunate with a lot of things. I'm mm-hmm. very blessed. You know, say my prayers every once in a while. I do need that little, yes. that little help and shot in the old keister. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, keep you honest. I know he's. You know, I know he's helping me. He's yeah. not going to give me a free ride. He's right. going to just uh, open the door of opportunity and make sure I I do the right thing. Yeah. And your other piece here, you're telling me a little this bit about. This is. Uh, yeah. A caricature. Um, this is a caricature that uh, we were successful. This is back. This is back with uh, Kirsch and Hayes and. Oh uh, yeah, those are big names at Cedarcrest High School. Kirsch, yeah. Hayes, Snoke, uh, Himmelberger. I had a, we had a great line that we were playing with. Um, Weber was our center. Um, we just uh, we were we didn't run first downs. We didn't have first downs. We were running at touchdowns. You know, yeah. touchdowns were were our key. We just powered people over. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those uh, those things ha- happened. This could also be uh, Andy Payne's year. Andy Payne, Derek Walters. Okay. This is when we had gone to um, district playoffs was against Central Dolphin at Hershey Park, and uh, that's that, right. That is what uh, this is uh, this is about. So someone had come to us and wanted uh, pictures. So Stevie Miller in the photo lab took pictures of each one of us, gave it to uh, uh, Carly. And uh, he did the uh, sketches and caricatures, and this was presented to uh, Norby at one of his at his retirement party, and uh, that was a that was a big deal over at the Holiday Inn. Oh, they're both awesome pieces, and I'm I'm glad you brought them. And I, I wanted to open this uh, yeah while we're live because no yeah. one's brought me a card. You're the first person. Is that right? Uh, out of thirteen episodes, I hope that doesn't uh, that doesn't 
mean anything. No, well, yeah, they forgot it. They forgot <laughs> right. it in the car. What they think of me, you know. <laughs> yeah, they forgot it <laughs> right. out front. But, uh, you know, maybe this will be the standard going forward. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it already. <laughs> oh, coach. Oh, boy. It just happened to find the right things. Oh, wow. Oh, this is great. I'll, I'll put, I'll put a, a picture up then on social media so everybody can read it. I want to read it to myself then. But, uh, no, Coach Lebo, this has been fantastic. I'm going to wrap it up unless you have anything else you'd like to share. I'm going to wrap the episode up. Not at all. Awesome. Coach. I, if I if I talk any more, I'm going to be redundant. I'm going to have to start this thing over again. <laughs> People think we're starting from the top. So, Coach Lebo on the American Grown Podcast in the Color Tech Creative Solutions Studios, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. If you want to see more American Grown content, follow along on Facebook and Instagram. Username American Grown Podcast. If you received any value, please share this episode with friends, family, and coworkers. And lastly, subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin at AmericanGrownPod at gmail.com.